Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Welcome to the Getting Heaven in the People podcast. I'm your host, Dave Ripper, and we've been exploring this Lent, or whenever you may be listening, how we might arrange our lives, our churches in such a way that we wouldn't simply get to heaven, but get heaven into people. Last time we looked at the responsibility God has entrusted to us to create the most congenial conditions we can, to be the good soil God uses to produce spiritual fruit within us and through us. In other words, for heaven to get into our lives more and more, that's God's will, God's way, God's love, we must orient our lives to be the most spiritually receptive people we can. For heaven to get into people, we must become the most spiritually receptive people we can. And this is something we must do every day. The fact that you were listening tells me that you at the very least have a desire to become a more spiritually receptive, open, porous person like that good soil. Last time we looked at what interrupts or blocks our spiritual receptivity. What, using Jesus' parable, are the thorns or weeds in your life that choke God's word from blooming in and through you? Now, while becoming spiritually receptive necessitates a lot of weeding like any good garden, it also calls us to more positively prepare the soil with the right right nutrients for it to be healthy and to grow. So if last time we invited you to examine what weeds might need to be pulled, what not to do, Today, I'd like to speak about what to do to become this type of good soil, to be spiritually receptive. About a dozen years ago, a friend shared a very unexpected gift with me. It's a poem by author, essayist, and yes, poet, Wendell Berry. His work is largely based in the agricultural setting he has lived in in Kentucky for many decades. From both his farming and his incredibly fruitful and beautiful writing career, it's safe to say he knows a few things about creating the right conditions for working and living well. The poem I'd like to share with you comes from his work, Given, and is called How to Be a Poet. How to Be a Poet. Now, while being a poet is not something I aspire to or am very wired toward whatsoever, as my friend framed it, this poem could arguably be titled, how to pray, or how to be a prayer. Prayer is the ultimate practice where we connect with God in a transformative way. But to pray well, we must prepare to pray, or what focus on what Eugene Peterson describes as pre-prayer, what we do in preparation to pray. Or how to live a lifestyle where prayer comes as natural to us as breathing. Barry's poem perhaps does the best job I've seen for cultivating the right conditions for a fruitful, spiritually receptive praying life. Let's listen together. How to be a poet. 
to remind myself. Make a place to sit down. Sit down. Be quiet. You must depend upon affection, reading, knowledge, skill. More of each than you have. Inspiration, work, growing older, patience. For patience joins time to eternity. Any readers who like your poems doubt their judgment. Breathe with unconditional breath the unconditioned air. Shun electric wire. Communicate slowly. Live a three-dimensioned life. Stay away from screens. Stay away from anything that obscures the place it is in. There are no unsacred places. There are only sacred places and desecrated places. Accept what comes from silence. Make the best you can of it, of the little words that come out of the silence, like prayers prayed back to the one who prays. Make a poem that does not disturb the silence from which it came. What words or phrases stand out to you from this poem? Perhaps pause and rewind and listen again. Here's a few of the phrases that struck me most significantly. Now, I can say I've read this poem hundreds of times, and like Barry, I need to remind myself often. The gravitational pull of life is not to this pace or approach to life. I'm so drawn to the line, patient joins time with eternity. Patience joins time with eternity. Getting heaven into people is a slow, deep, long, unhurried work. Eugene Peterson aptly describes it. It's a long obedience in the same direction. And spiritual growth doesn't just take time. It takes rootedness in place. One of the things that has distressed me most as a pastor during the pandemic is how many dramatic changes people have made to their lives during this time of disruption leaving locations, leaving churches, leaving behind rooted relationships, dividing so easily. St. Ignatius of Loyola warned that we should rarely, if ever, make dramatic changes amidst periods of disorientation. And why is that? Because God is generally not speaking to have us make dramatic changes during those times. It's probably not God telling us to go. But Ignatius would say, through his process of discernment, messages to leave more often originate in our fears, our insecurities, or our restless hearts. So perhaps this is a time to restrain or refrain from thinking about looking for the escape hatch or greener pastures. If we want to get heaven into our lives, spiritual growth takes time, and it takes stability, and it takes patience. Patience joins time to eternity. I love Barry's challenge to stay away from screens, to stay away from anything that obscures the place that it is in. For heaven to get into people, we must be present and present to the presence of God. To quote Ignatius again, we must find God in all things. When are the times that you might set aside to simply be as present as possible where you are on any given day. 
the goal is to be as present to our the God's presence at all times, but sometimes just making sure we set aside screen-free time where we're fully present is a good launching point. Author Henry Cloud in his book, Boundaries for Leaders, says that as a leader, we get what we create and what we allow. As a leader, you get what you create and what you allow. We are each the leaders of our lives, given this responsibility under the leadership of God. And often we get what we simply allow into our lives. And things that we allow into our lives might not be things that we'd really willingly choose or want for ourselves. Now to connect Cloud with Barry, what do you allow in your life that obscures the place that you're in, that prevents you from being present to the presence of God? This is essential because I so love and am convicted by Barry's line, there are no unsacred places, only sacred places and desecrated places. Spiritually receptive, good soil people see all of life as holy, as sacred. They figuratively see burning bushes in the most unexpected moments and places of life. And like Moses, they take off their sandals knowing this ground is holy. Spiritually receptive people are those who most readily recognize that they are standing on holy ground. And the more we recognize the sacredness of every moment, the more receptive we will be to the unceasing work of God around us and within us. You are on holy ground as you sit or stand or walk wherever you are right at this very moment. And from the conditions of the sacred space, Barry says, write a poem. Now in Ephesians 2.10, Paul writes, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now the Greek word for handiwork is poema. It's where we get our word poem. God, in other words, is creating us as his masterpieces, his works of art, for the intent of joining him in doing good works for the renewal of our world, making this world more like heaven and less like hell. So how can we allow the master to shape us into his work of art? By being good soil, by being spiritually receptive, by seeing life through the sacred lens of the love of God, by being present to the presence of God where we are as we are, by finding God in all things, by being patient. For patience joins time with eternity. So how might your life be sacred space for God to work, a sacred canvas for him to orchestrate and to paint and to craft? Sacred spaces are where heaven comes to earth, where heaven gets into you. So join us next time as we capture a vision for union with God which is the goal of the Christian life. It's what we are becoming spiritually receptive for. And if you found this helpful, like my friend who shared Barry's poem with me, consider inviting others to join you in listening to this podcast and going on this 40-day spiritual journey toward finding greater freedom. And until we connect again, may you experience the sacredness and the beauty of life with God where you are here and now.